You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Matthew chapter 16 in your Bibles. I'll, I'll be brief this morning. I've just got a, a few thoughts I want to give you, and I hope it'll be an encouragement to you. Brother Dan preached Wednesday night about the importance of the church from Hebrews 10, and I'd like to preach for a few moments this morning on the importance of the church from Matthew chapter 16. It says in verse number 13, when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter really stuck his foot in his mouth a lot of times, but this time he got the answer right. He nailed it. Jesus said, who do you think I am? I know some people say I'm one of the prophets or some people say maybe John the Baptist or Jeremiah or uh, Elijah, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, we know that you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, this is Jesus speaking to Peter, I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm not a, a scholar by any stretch of the imagination, but if you look up in the Greek, that name Peter, it means a rock, but it means a little rock. It means a pebble. But Jesus said to Peter, he said, you're a, you're a pebble, you're a small rock. But Jesus said of himself, he said, upon this rock, speaking of himself, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us as we look at this passage of scripture. And I thank you for your promise that you said that you would build your church. And Lord, our church is not built upon a pastor. Our church is not built upon a deacon board. Our church is not built upon a committee. Our church is not built upon an organization or a denomination. But our church is built upon Jesus Christ and Him alone. And I pray that you would help us to be reminded of that this morning. I pray you'd speak to us. I pray if there's anyone here that does not know Christ, may today be the day of their salvation. And for those in this tent and those listening this morning that do know Christ, I pray that we would be reminded of the importance of the church God, forgive us for many times treating the church casually. Forgive us many times for acting as if church is not important. I pray that you would remind us this morning of the importance of your church. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I'll say this. There are a lot of things that we may not agree on. Uh, I've uh, read a lot of pastors and heard from a lot of pastors in this time and there are some pastors that they say, you know, you got to do drive-in, and some say you got to do it under the tent, and some say you got to do it online, and some say you got to do it in the building, and, and I think within our church, I'm sure there's a lot of different opinions with all that. I'm thankful for our church being so supportive and encouraging and uh, being edifying through this time, 
But, but you may not agree, and we may not agree on exactly how we're doing church right now at this time, but I'll tell you one thing we all better agree on. We better agree on the fact that church is important. Church is essential. Church is not optional. So whether you're listening on the radio this morning or whether you're watching online or whether you're under the tent or you're in your car, can I tell you we need church now more than we have ever needed church. I'm amazed that government has realized and they have admitted that they don't have the answers. The, the smartest minds in our nation and the smartest minds around the world have admitted they don't have it all figured out. But I'll tell you where we know the answers are. The answers are not in a textbook. The answers are not in a blog. The answers are not in a council. But the answers for life are found in the Word of God. And these answers, you and I all must agree on the fact that these answers we must know and we must be assured of that the church of Jesus Christ is important. Number one, I'll say quickly, church is exclusive. You say, oh, well, pastor, I thought that anybody could come. Absolutely, anybody can come. As a matter of fact, we only welcome one kind of people at our church. We only welcome sinners. You say, well, well, what about so-and-so? Oh, if you only knew about so-and-so, they're a sinner. You say, but what about the pastor? Oh, yeah, if you only knew about the pastor, he's a sinner. Can I tell you, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. When I say the church is exclusive, I'm not talking about it's for a specific group of people or a specific IQ or a specific uh, 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 financial status. When I say the church is exclusive, here's what I mean. I mean that the church is built upon only one person. Jesus said, upon this rock. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. The church is not built upon a pastor. It's not built upon a Sunday school teacher. It's not built on a music ministry. The church isn't built by millionaires. The church isn't built by charter members. The church is built upon Jesus Christ and him alone. The songwriter said, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. If our foundation is not Jesus, then we're wasting our time. If our foundation is not Christ, then sure, churches come and go and organizations come and go, but Jesus Christ is the rock that stands for all of eternity. The Gospels put, excuse me, 1 Corinthians puts it like this, chapter 3, other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. The church, the word church is the word ekklesia in the Greek. It's a called out assembly of believers. The church is for everybody. You're not better than the next guy. I'm not better than you and you're not better than me. We are all sinners. The church is not a museum. The church is a hospital. The church is a rescue station. The church is a lighthouse to the world to tell people the good news that Jesus saves. Jesus came not to call the righteous, but he came to call sinners to repentance. Jesus came into the world, Paul said, to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul said, there's not a worse sinner than I am. But I'll tell you this, Jesus came to save me. And if Jesus could save the chief of sinners, Jesus could save you and Jesus could save me. The church is exclusive. Now, again, we want everybody to come. We want everybody to not only come, we want everybody to feel welcome. 
And I'll tell you this, if you ever look down your nose at somebody or if you ever think you're better than somebody else, may God have mercy on your soul. God hates pride and God hates arrogancy and God hates someone that would look down on somebody else. The church is for everyone. We want everybody to feel welcome to come. But I want to remind us that not everybody is going to feel comfortable. And here's why I say that. Because the church is built upon Jesus and him alone. There are not many ways to get to heaven. And that offends some people. Some people say, well, you know, I just don't think you should be so exclusive. Can I tell you why we're exclusive? Because Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. The church is a place where everyone is welcome, but not everybody's going to be comfortable. There's going to be preaching against sin. There's going to be preaching against worldliness. There's going to be preaching in favor of holiness and purity and godliness. And not everybody is going to feel comfortable under that kind of Bible preaching. As a matter of fact, I hope there are times at church when you don't feel comfortable. I hope there's times at church where you feel your toes getting stepped on. I hope there's times where you fall under the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. I hope there's times where you see your life and your life compared with the Word of God and you see that there are things that need to be changed and you make the change and you get right with God. I hope the Holy Spirit speaks to you at every service. I hope you don't come to church to, uh, to criticize and critique and to, uh, to, to make sure that, you know, you look better than somebody else. I hope you come to church and say, God, I need you to search me. God, I want you to speak to me. Holy Spirit, show me some things in my life that need to be right. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as Savior, I hope you feel an emptiness inside of you. I hope you don't get any peace and I hope you don't get any rest until you get settled the matter of your salvation. You see, hell is a real place. And Jesus came to die on a cross not to make you a better person or not to improve your life, but Jesus came to die on a cross to save your soul from hell and to give you eternal life in heaven. Jesus took your place. He took your punishment so that you could be free. Oh, yes, the church is exclusive. Everybody's invited. Everybody can come, but only one person builds the church and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone. The church is exclusive. Number two, I want you to notice the church is essential. We've heard a lot of talk about that, have we not, in recent days? About certain businesses being essential and certain businesses being non-essential. And certain things can open and certain things cannot. The word essential in the dictionary, it means absolutely necessary or extremely important. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. I just made the statement, the church is essential. You say, well, where do you get that? I get it from the Bible. I get it from the Word of God. And I want you to think about this. Think of all the institutions on planet Earth. Think about every educational institution. You think about the universities. You think about the colleges. You think about the high schools and the middle schools and the elementaries. And by the way, those are important. But you think of every educational institution. Think about every medical facility. And I thank the Lord for medicine. And I thank the Lord for doctors. And I thank the Lord for hospitals. And I thank the Lord for medical care. But you think about every medical institution in the world. You think about every business in the world. I'm thankful for businesses. I'm thankful for 
uh, products that are made, and I'm thankful for products that are consumed, and I'm thankful for businesses, and there are some very important businesses in this world. Think about sports. Uh, maybe we shouldn't think about sports right now because that's kind of depressing. I said, I said it. I'll stick with it. At the very beginning of this, uh, the, the shutdowns, some of you Tar Heel fans ought to be very, very thankful you didn't have to see this season come to fruition. Uh, but for the rest of you, the rest of you, you may be disappointed. But you think about sports, and I love sports. I, I do. I love it. I, I love it. And I think sports are wonderful. I think sports are exciting. But you think about all the sports. You think about all the organizations, all the institutions, all the businesses, all the education, all of the medicine, all of the health. You think of all of that. But when Jesus came to this earth, he only started one institution. And that was the local church. That's the only one that Jesus started. I'm not saying the others aren't important. They're important. But I'm saying Jesus only started one. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think Jesus didn't know any better that when he came to earth and he started a church, he said, oh, I messed up there. I should have started another organization instead. I'll go a step further. Not only did Jesus start the church, Matthew 16, 18, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. But Ephesians 5 reminds us that Jesus gave himself. He gave his life for the church. He didn't just start it, but he sacrificed himself for the church. Now, do you think that Jesus would love something so much that he would be willing to give himself for it and then later realize, oh, I, I shouldn't have done that. The church is not really that big of a deal. Can I tell you, the church is a big deal. The church is essential. It's not essential because a politician said it. It's essential because the Word of God declares that Jesus Christ started the church. He loved the church. He gave himself for it. And the church belongs to him. He said, I will build my church. Now, now stay with me. I'm going a little bit different direction, and I need you to focus, okay? A few weeks ago, Brother Dan and I, we were talking recently, but a few weeks ago, there was a judge in the state of Illinois, and I grew up in Illinois, and I've uh, got family in Illinois and friends in Illinois, but there was a judge in Illinois who declared that churches were not authorized to open up in the state of Illinois because, and this judge said, you can, you can look up, you can Google it, and you can find the ruling, he said churches are most like schools, and schools were closed. They're most like movie theaters, and they're most like concert halls. So therefore, because churches are most like those organizations, churches in the state of Illinois, according to this judge, could not open. There was a government leader recently who compared the church to a ball game. And he said, you know, yeah, you may have to stay at home and watch it online, but you know, you can stay at home and watch a ball game on TV too. So it's the same thing. Our president on Friday, and if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and watch the clip. Our president said on Friday that churches are essential and the services that they offer are essential. And I'm thankful for a president that would make those statements. But I want to remind us, we already knew that. The Bible already tells us that the church is important. We already knew the church was essential because of what the Word of God has to say about the church. But hang on, time out. 
A judge said it wasn't that important. A politician said it's like going to a ball game. A president said, no, it is essential. But I want to ask you this morning, is church essential to you? You see, before we blame the government and before we blame the politicians, let's remember that many Christians treated the church as non-essential before the coronavirus ever came. Many Christians have made church optional. Many Christians only go to church when they feel like it. I was talking to my brother last night in Iowa, and they're having outdoor services today. They're doing two services to accommodate the crowds. And I told my brother, Joel, I said, it's so sad. I said, some Christians, they don't even need a good excuse to not go to church. It used to be you needed a good excuse to not go, but anymore, you don't even need a good excuse to not go to church. Many Christians don't go just because we've got something else to do or something better to do. Some, some people go to church to impress people rather than to please God. We go to church many times without singing, without praising God, without responding, without giving, without serving, without being changed. We've made everything more important than being faithful to the house of God. We used to go to church on Sunday morning, and we used to go back Sunday night, and we used to go back Wednesday night, and we couldn't wait for revival meetings, and we couldn't wait for missions conference, and now we're doing good if we can make it to church once a month. Can I tell you, we can't blame a judge, and we can't blame a politician, and we can't blame a governor if we have said that church is not that important in our lives. Be very careful how I say this. I'll say this as kindly as I know how, and then I'll probably go on and not say it kindly. But there are some Christians who don't even know that the church's schedule has changed in the last two months. Now, I know that sounds crazy to us because we're here, and church is important. But can I tell you how sad it would be for people to not even realize, oh, yeah, I guess church hasn't been meeting. I didn't know. I just go once or twice a year anyway. Please don't, and again, I'll say, try to say this very kindly. Please don't tell me that church is essential. Please show me. And let's show our children. And let's show our teenagers. And let's show our college-age young people. And let's show our young adults with their families. Let's show each other that church is important, not because of how we say it and how we broadcast it, but because we make it a priority in our lives. I'll share with you, Lord willing, on Wednesday night, I'm going to share with you some details from the court hearing that took place in North Carolina in front of a federal judge with the governor's order. I won't get into that right now, but I do want to share with you this thought is what if you and I, what if we were called today to stand before a judge? And the judge says, I'm going to determine if church is essential based upon your life, based upon your schedule, based upon your bank account, based upon your Facebook, based upon your text messages. I'm going well, to determine today if church is really that important to you. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. 
The church is the lighthouse for a world that is lost in sin. The church should be following Christ and giving him glory. Colossians 1.18, in everything in the church, he should have the preeminence. The church, number one, it's exclusive. Number two, it is essential. But number three, lastly, I'll say this, the church, hallelujah, is eternal. Oh, governments come and go. Kingdoms come and go. Rulers come and go. People come and go. Pastors come and go. But the church of the living God marches on. The church is eternal. Matthew 16, 18, the Bible says that the gates of hell, you can't get any tougher than that. You can't get any stronger opposition than that. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Oh, I'm glad I'm a part of the church. I'm glad I'm on the winning side. I'm glad that I'm on the victorious side of Jesus Christ. I'm on the side of truth. The church is eternal. I want to ask you this morning, I want to ask us this morning, as a church, what are we doing for eternity? What are we doing to reach people with the gospel? There's never been a better time to witness to somebody. There's never been a better time to share the gospel with somebody because people are hungry. People are searching. People are looking for the truth. People are looking for the answer. What are we doing to pray for missionaries? And what are we doing to support worldwide missions? What are we doing for our bus ministry? And I know, Brother Fry, thank you for singing that song. That encouraged me and that encouraged our bus workers and our Sunday school teachers and junior church workers. I can't wait till we get these three new buses rolling. It'll be soon. But what are we doing to reach people with the gospel through the bus ministry? What are we doing to get involved in soul winning and outreach and sharing the good news? What impact are we having on the church? What are we doing to encourage others in the ministry? Matthew 16, 18, the disciples were gathered there and they heard Jesus say that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And those disciples believed it enough to go on in the book of Acts to give their lives to start churches and to preach the gospel and to make sure the whole world knew about Jesus. The Bible says of those disciples that they turned the world upside down. How come? Because the church has the truth. The church has the answer. And the church has been promised perpetuity that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. I'll ask you this morning, is the church important to you? Is the church important to me? If we're not careful, we all can just go through the motions sometimes, can't we? But I don't want to come to church just to put in time. I don't want to come to church just to make an appearance. But I want to come to church to glorify God. And I want to come to church so I can be helped and I can be strengthened so that I can take the message of the gospel to people that do not know Christ. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.